Welcome to the Human Navigation Skills Podcast, where we discuss our journey through humanhood. Now, here are your guides, Yoga Spice and Allie Michelson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four. Today, we are talking about grief. Why? Why are we talking about grief? Um, well, mm, our former lives are dead. Oh, okay. All right, that's where we're starting. Okay. Grief is a precursor to all of the other things uh, that we've been talking about. So when we think about the current times, and you know we're going through um, shelter in place, we're going through people losing their jobs, um, we're dealing with a health crisis, so maybe people have actually lost people. Um, we have to, we don't have to do anything, we have the opportunity to approach grief in a very process-oriented way. And I don't want to make it just a logical and very What on earth process. does that mean? What is a process-oriented grieving process? Process, process, <laughs> process. process, process. process. <laughs> um, giving yourself time and space to be aware of what your life used to look like and have the love to let that go. Okay, I love that. Here is what I think is really interesting to look at. So if I have a loved one who is dying of a virus, that sucks. Yeah. Now, if you are sad because your workout class is no longer, which by the way, we've modified our workout group, but it's completely different. And I am kind of grieving that a little bit. Yeah. I want to make sure that people understand that it is okay to grieve whatever it is that you have lost, yes. even if it doesn't involve death or dismemberment. Uh, of an or actual something. human. Exactly. So when I first started doing yoga, taking yoga, we called this process mini deaths. The mini death can look like your child going off oh, to mini. college. Mini, mini death, yeah. not a many. No, M-I-N-I. It's not like death by a thousand lashes. It's, oh my gosh. It's mini. It's tiny, small. Tiny, okay, got tiny it. deaths. Okay. Let's call them tiny deaths. So when your child goes off to college, you are grieving the childhood, the mom role, right. the, the, whatever it was, and, and you almost need to do that to it's move into part, the next part. It's a part of life. Like, legitimately, this is a part of our life is grief, right? Of course it is. Because if that child didn't go off to college, what does that mean? Like, yeah, did they die? Uh, uh, like, I want to grieve things, right? Absolutely. If we lose a job... We grieve our, our identity that was hooked to that job. If uh, we lose our finances, we grieve the ability to have that freedom. So, it, and if you don't, if you don't take the time to grieve, it sticks. It stays with you. That heaviness is with you all the time, whether you know it or not. And you make decisions based on that grief rather than on the other side, which is freedom. Right. So... What you're saying is we can choose to allow ourselves to grieve in order to move forward into the next phase. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, my mother passed away uh, almost eight years ago now, and it was sudden. Uh, my father called me on the telephone and didn't even greet me. All he said was, your mother just died. It struck me. Even now, it gives me goosebumps to, to repeat that. So they lived 20 minutes away. I drove down there, and I was a disaster. I was crying. I was shaking. I didn't know what to do. And the best piece of advice I've ever received in my entire life 
I was sitting on my father's bumper and a detective came over and put his hand on my back and I looked up at him and he said, do not let anyone tell you how to grieve. Mm. Because it's going to look different for everyone. And the time frame. So not only the emotions that you go through, whatever stages that you go through, they can be in, in different order. It, the time, it, the resources that you employ, no one gets to tell you how to grieve. However, it, I, I'm telling you now that if you don't grieve, if you push it, if you resist it, if you want your old life back, if you want that person back, if you want your job back, you're not moving forward and you're stuck. stuck. Sure. So what does resisting look like? I'm guessing it has something to do with distraction, eating, mm -hmm. distraction and drinking and drugging and spending and sexting anything, <laughs> all of the ways anything right? to avoid the emotions that go along with the process of grieving okay so what that leaves us with is you have a choice you can distract yourself and find ways to not grieve what you've lost because i'm pretty sure that at this point everyone has lost something all right so what have you lost Ooh, i lost my gym yeah. which I loved going to. I know. I lost teaching yoga uh, in person, mm -hmm. and I am a, an energy absorber. And you adapted, but it's still a loss. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. I have adapted, and that's part of my grieving process, is teaching yoga online now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't do Reiki appointments in person anymore, and that still affects me because that personal energy exchange when I'm with someone is much stronger. And it, it's part of who I am, I'm a healer. And because that is an in-person thing, I've, I've lost that for now. And am I gonna get that back? I have no idea. But it won't look the same even if I go and do Reiki somewhere or if I go and teach somewhere, it will not be the same as it was. Accepting that gives me so much freedom. Mm -hmm. What have you lost? Yeah. Um, okay. I want to come back to that though. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about what I lost in just a second, but first, before I get there, what I want to ask you is we were talking about acceptance there. What I think is really interesting to think about is not only can you avoid and sort of buffer against grieving itself, but that lack of acceptance kind of creates its own resistance. I think acceptance is a skill too. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. And, it's really difficult, I think, if you're really attached to something as it was. Yes. To find acceptance and move into the present. Yeah. How do you? How would you say if you if you knew someone is having a really hard time accepting their current situation? What advice would you have for them? Oh, uh, probably several things. One would be to systematically and routinely stop and breathe. That creates a lot of calm, it creates a lot of space, and you can have clearer thoughts, which then tend to clear emotions every single time. And the more you practice that, the clearer you become, and the easier it is to look at something uh, as an opportunity rather than with fear. So mm -hmm. that's the first thing. And that seems super abstract, but I, I tell you, if everyone were to stop right now and take five deep breaths, everything becomes more clear. And this sort of is kind of what we were talking about the other day with gratitude is like finding the silver lining in your yeah. situation. And this is what I think about last night. Oh, I said that really fast. I'm going to try that one more time a little slower. This is what I was thinking about last night. Yeah. Was that a little more understandable? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. 
I was thinking, what if this situation exactly as it is right now is exactly what I need to propel me into the next phase? 100%. It's perspective. And, and it keeps popping up with like, like uh, today I was writing an article and I accidentally deleted the entire thing. And I was like, mm, and I almost swore right there. I was so <laughs> mad at myself, but then this thought popped up. But what if that's what needed to happen? Mm -hmm. What if you needed that experience of getting it out and then starting fresh? And actually, the second time I wrote it was like a thousand brilliant. and a half times better. Uh, yeah. Maybe not brilliant, but a little less than brilliant, but mm -hmm. still pretty much better than it was uh, yeah, the first time. Yeah, I think time. it was brilliant. Yeah, so what if, what if, and that's almost difficult to say because I know there are people who are truly suffering right now. Yes. But what if this is exactly what we need as a person, as a species, as a community? And I actually said that in the wrong order. It should have been like, person, community, species, Yeah, that works better. What if this is exactly what we need to evolve us into our next phase? Like, here's an example. It isn't not that. That's Another, like two negatives in one sentence. It is, but what you're, <laughs> what you're proposing right now is exactly the situation. Right, it's exactly what we need. It, right? You stated exactly what is happening. It is. It, so, so it, you wrote something that, that struck me. I cannot argue with reality. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, you, you can. It's fruitless. <laughs> you can argue all you want, really. You're not going to get anywhere. You can argue all you want, and it's going to create a lot of really anger and resentment. And... and then you come into acceptance of the reality. Yeah, but you can keep arguing. Sure. I mean, you can argue the entire rest of your life. How are you going to feel? But the point is we want to feel better, right? Yes. Don't, aren't we sort of hoping to create like a, a peaceful, joyful existence? How are you going to do that with grief? Yeah, it's going to be with grief. How am I going to do that with grief? Um, well, I'm going to allow grief is what I'm going to do. Yes. I'm going to allow it to change my mind. What if you invited grief? I think... I, I think I could do that. What if you gave it a, a, almost a personality, a loving... Should we name her? Is it a her? No, I don't know. <laughs> Penelope. What if Penelope is an actual teaching tool mm -hmm. to help us expand oh our gosh, emotional Oh my gosh, what if experience? it's all a teaching tool? What if every single thing you ever Are experience you assuming in your not? life is a teaching tool? <laughs> it is. What if the entire reason we wanted to do this podcast was because every single word and moment and experience and feeling and thought is a teaching tool? By the way, I just want you to know she's giving me the look of, oh, you finally figured it out. Thank you for catching up. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is called human navigation for a reason. We are, yes. we are, as we are talking, you and I personally are navigating our human experience, and we're just trying to share that. So you're saying from this point forward, always assume everything is a learning experience? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for summing up the entire world. <laughs> assume it's all for your good. So if we invited grief, if we treated grief not as something that was going to kill us, not as something that was going to cause us to start crying and not stop crying, if we allowed grief to come in and say, oh, you are deeper emotionally than you ever expected to be, not only that, but you are stronger because you're doing this. You're more resilient because you're gonna bounce from this. And when you feel stronger on the other side, and I don't mean that we're getting through grief, we're working with it, then you can have sympathy and empathy 
for a broader range of people who might be going through the same thing as you. That's true. And I noticed it in my kids even the other day. One of them was saying how much she missed her friends. And I do empathize with that because yeah. I miss my friends too. I had a friend come over today to pick something up, which I sanitized really well, or actually you probably sanitized really well. Mm-hmm. And then um, she she calls me from the driveway saying, I'm here, I just wanted to say hi. And I went running out and I stopped myself. And I was like, I can't even hug one of my best friends no. in the whole world. It's so, it, it, and you know it's what, it is horrible. sad, it is. It's horrible to And we can own people. it, we can own that. And talking about it makes, it, it depowers it. You know, there is something really, really important about human touch. And unless you can touch people, uh, like I feel like a part of our humanity is missing. Mm -hmm. This is tough. Are you grieving this now? At this moment. At this very moment, I just realized how sad it made me to not hug her. Mm -hmm. And I'm so lucky, here's the gratitude. I am so lucky that I live with six people that I can hug every day. All the time. What do people do who live alone? Do you have like a hugging partner where you you promise you call each other up and you're like, hey, here's I'm making a deal. By the way, I'm miming a telephone. I'm making a deal. If you don't touch anybody, I won't touch anybody, and then we can meet every day at four o'clock and hug. <laughs> it sounds risky, but yeah. I mean, it, it, you know what? That's kind of like a, a friend with benefits kind of thing. Don't tell anybody we're on the DL. And we're on a friends with benefits relationship yeah. status. Yeah. But it's hugging only. But think about it. We're <laughs> grieving this as well. Right. And what if, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, big question here, Allie. We, we're feeling, I know that you're feeling what I'm feeling right now. Kind of sad about that. What if that never returns? That we can ever hug people ever again? That are not in our family or living situation? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's. Oh, yeah. We can process that. I mean, you know what? I have done a lot of things this week that I would have said a long, not a long time ago, I would have said a week ago that I was incapable of doing, not because I don't think I'm capable of doing things, but because I didn't think I wanted to. I didn't have a reason why not to. Now I have a reason not to hug people. And it's not even necessarily to keep me safe. It's because who knows what I've been exposed to. I want to keep them safe. I love them. I don't want to expose them Sure, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I cannot hug people. And if you know me at all, you know yeah. that I'm a hugger. Allison is a There hugger. are even people that would walk into the gym for the first time without meeting me, and I would envelope them in a big hug, and they'd be like, well, we just did that. <laughs> Personal space. <laughs> I just hugged her. <laughs> so, so this is a part of your life that's going through a grieving process. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't mind it so much in The Strangers because – Let's face it, I probably pushed that more than it needed to be. <laughs> but I do miss it in my best friends. Friends, yes. I really do. I do too. And you know, we, we have a workout partner mm-hmm. who had said kind of the same thing. He missed the fist bumps and the hugs and the, mm-hmm. the high fives. Get it. Yeah. That human connection. So we're, I mean, we're grieving so many different things here. Right. Not just the death of a loved one or the loss of a job. Those are kind of like medium deaths, but many deaths of um, the kid not having time during the day because the kids are home all the time. We're grieving our, our personal space. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yes. So since we're talking about death, can we talk about death? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm an expert Since on we're talking this. About grief. So I was listening to my teacher last night. By the way, I'm going to give a little plug to my teacher. Her name is Brooke Castillo, and I think she is one of the enlightened beings of the world. And here is what she said last night when we were talking about all of the things that people were worried about. And one of them was worried about dying and about her kids and friends dying. And what did she say? I'm going to find it. It was incredible. Okay. 
she said, okay, I want you to understand, I and mean, this is quotes now right here, as of right this moment, right here. I don't have a right to live one minute longer than I live. I'm gonna die right on time. I can live until that day. My death will find me living. I will not wait for death and I will not hide from death. I will live until I die and I will die right on time." End quote. Perfect. Oh my God. That you know what's amazing me. about this is that she was kind of on a rant when she said this and you could sort of see like the fire building, right? As raw. She didn't write that. That came out of her brain. I think that was downloaded from our higher source, whoever you believe that to be. This is truth. And you know how you can just, when you hear someone speak and you go, yes, mm -hmm. you just heard truth, right? Mm -hmm. So here's what I think. I think that was 100% how I feel. I am not, I've never really been terribly worried about death. No. I, I don't necessarily, I have never lost anyone incredibly close to me, like a parent. I've lost a grandparent, but not a parent. So I, I don't truly know what that feels like. I've not lost a child. I don't know what that feels like. But I do know that I'm not afraid of my own death and that um, I know that it's all going to, it's going to happen to all of us. We're, I, I guarantee you, you will die someday. For sure. And hopefully I'll go first so that I don't have to grieve Aww. your death. Maybe I'll get that I am lucky. an expert at grieving. Okay. Okay. You'll deal with it. Yeah. And that's just what I was going to say is like, we are capable of tolerating that because we were born. Yeah. And if we, <sighs> if we weren't born, we wouldn't be able to die. No. Mm -mm. I feel like we were given all the skills we need to be able to do what we need to do when we were given this life. So then why, why do we resist grief? Tell me. Fear. Fear of what? Death. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> because really that's just our primitive brain saying, but no, yeah. I'm supposed to keep you alive. Yes. Luckily, we have another part of our brain mm -hmm. that knows better and knows that there's really nothing to fear because None. we are, I believe, and maybe not everybody believes this, but I believe that we are infinite. Mm. And my scientist mother and sister will probably say, well, mm -hmm. you know, there's no scientific record, record, record to prove this. Yes. But who are you sitting in front of right now? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know, I know differently. We are infinite. The human body is not the human body is finite and it's supposed to be. This is disposable, right? We need to keep it in shape so we can tote our soul a little bit longer and gather all the information that we need. Because I mean, let's be honest, like we learn better. We do. And it, we are, okay, so we are infinite. Our, our soul is something that is never going to die. It is part of the one. We can get super deep here or not, but that helps me with the grieving process to know that the human is gone, the process is gone, the finances are gone, the job is gone, but my soul, my essential self is infinite. And you know, when all those things are gone, the money, the house, mm -hmm. the things of this world, yeah, and you're left with what's really important, Yes. That's what matters. I, it, absolutely. And it's the love. It's the love that's shared. Mm -hmm. And so when we, you know, wrap it up with, with grieving, it is not only a necessary part of life, it is a part of our evolution and our enlightenment. If we go to our death, our own deathbed without having ever processed grief, we've died before we died. Mm -hmm. And I think the point that Brooke Castillo was making is 
Mm -mm, let that shit go, man. Let it go. Keep living. This is an opportunity. It is. And you get to learn so much about who you are. Don't push away what's hard. No. Nope. Bring it in. Bring it on. Learn. Go get it.